Canadian Wants to Know. Ein Podcast für Englischlernende in Deutschland, der kraftvolle Geschichten und anregende Fragen nutzt, damit ihr auf unterhaltsame Weise eure Sprachkenntnisse verbessern, vertiefen und festigen könnt. Hier ist euer Host, the Canadian George Robledo. Welcome, welcome to the podcast, Lee. Thank you for agreeing to sit down with me and, and share your experiences here as a teacher in Germany. So obviously I just said your name and I also said what you do, but you can you tell us a little bit more about how long you've been doing it for and where in Germany you're located? Yeah, of course. So um, I've been teaching for around, uh, I think it must be 12 years now. And originally, um, I was teaching in, in Landau, which is in the, in the Pfalz, in the southwest. And I moved uh, two years ago. And uh, now I live in, uh, in a village called Stromberg, which is near Bingen, and that's near Mainz. <laughs> and uh, yeah, at the moment, um, I'm teaching uh, part-time, but also I'm freelancing. And I teach at uh, mainly universities and, uh, and a school as well. So that's pretty much um, what I've been doing. Okay, so you're all over the place. A little bit, yeah, yeah. I've, uh, I'm juggling quite a lot um, of different things. So uh, yeah, it does get, uh, you have to manage your time well, uh, put it that way. Yeah, I, I can. So you're an employee, but you're also doing freelancing at the same time. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's a fairly, okay. a fairly new thing. Uh, I started in uh, September, um, part-time teaching at a school. And, uh, but I wanted to continue my freelance work um, at universities because I, I enjoy doing it. Um, and you can't just work part-time, unfortunately. So uh, I needed to, uh, to keep all that as well. But um, no, so far, so good. Um, busy, but uh, also you know, different challenges and uh, lots of fun too. Yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine. So today we want to focus on one particular aspect of communication. Can you tell us what is the topic of today? Uh, today we're going to be talking about uh, presentation skills. Perfect, perfect. And as business people and also students, university or high school, this is part of their their experience. So I think to be able to provide tips and, and support and, and different ideas on how they can do this in a more effective way, I think will be useful for the audience. So the first question is, when your students come to you and they say, hey, I need to improve my presentation skills. What is kind of like the question or the issue that affects them the most? Um, normally, it's, um, it, it depends. But I think the, the most common problem people have at university, at least uh, when I'm talking about university students, is they've had, uh, let's say, a slightly negative experience of uh, holding a presentation in, uh, in secondary school. And usually it's just panic that they've got to do it again. So usually it's just about giving them some some tips, you know, about how to calm those nerves and, um, you know, not to panic about it. And then usually what follows on from that is, um, you know, they're kind of trying to, you know, do I really have to do a presentation? Um, and, then, uh, and then you can't, yes, you, you do. There's, there's no escaping it. Um, but then usually you go into things like, you know, cue cards. Um, and then you have to talk about um, slides a little bit. Uh, they often ask about you know, slides, cue cards. And then usually, you know, how can I, how can I do this without falling to pieces and, uh, you know, being a complete mess when I stand up in front of people? So on. Um, Those are the, the really like the three things, I guess, that I would most commonly get um, and you know, try to help them out with as much as possible. So if we go back to that first part about dealing with the nerves, mm. what 
specifically do you tell them to help manage their their nervousness, their anxiety? Um, to start with practice, 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 practice. Um, you know, and if you can start by practicing, just sounds a bit strange, but practicing in front of a mirror and just doing your presentation that way, and then progressing. You know, get a friend or two friends or family members to you know sit in and watch you, just so you get used to you know being looked at essentially when you're when you're speaking. And then you know, if you're lucky enough to live with more people, then get you know as many people as possible. So to start off with practice, because once you know the content, that's half the battle, you know. And then afterwards, then it's really just about different kind of techniques. So one thing people often um, have problems with is eye contact. They don't want to look at people because they're worried that they might not be listening or they might look the other way or they might be doing something that's distracting. And then as the speaker, they start to think, oh, no, I'm not being listened to or, oh, this is terrible. So um, I often kind of give them some little tricks about how you can look like you're giving people eye contact, but you're, you're not really. And it tends to work better in, in larger rooms, but I've done this quite a lot with students and they're sort of you know very happy because it works they give that impression of eye contact but they're not really looking at at people so it, you know it kind of helps them a little bit that way and of course as they you know progress and do more and more presentations they you know, don't have to do that so much so you know that that kind of thing helps a lot do you have kind of a, a structure that you kind that you tell them hey if you do your presentation in these parts it will come across more effectively? Uh, yeah, I mean, to begin with, I tell them the most important thing is a good introduction, you know, and, and an interesting introduction, you know, um, something that really hooks the audience and gets them interested. And, uh, you know, because that's half the battle is, is keeping people's attention because uh, it's lost very quickly uh, and pretty difficult to gain. So I always tell them to think of something creative to begin with, you know, something that's really going to spark people's interest and, and make them listen to you maybe an anecdote or, or a fun fact or, or maybe a, some sort of kind of humor, maybe. Um, but something, you know, that's, uh, that's getting the audience thinking a little bit or, or getting them involved somehow. And it's a bit of a nerve settler, I think, as well. If you can have that bit of interaction at the beginning with your audience, you know, you're able to make a joke about something or tell a funny story that's related to the topic. I think this helps to kind of calm, um, you know, calm the nerves a little bit and gives you that connection with the audience. So that's something I always emphasize is, you know, good openings, uh, something like that. It's obviously easier said than done sometimes, but I think, you know, once you've practiced a few times trying different things, you'll, you know, you'll have your own confidence and you'll, you'll find something that works for you. Is there an introduction of a presentation that you've heard that was memorable for you? You're like, oh yeah, that, that was great. That was well done. Several students have done, you know, several different things um, from using props. We had, um, <laughs> we had an, um, a presentation about drones and they hid on a drone underneath the table. And I, I didn't even know it was there. And um, they came on, you know, up in front, had the, had the title on the screen on the, on their PowerPoint. And then all of a sudden, this drone just appeared um, from under the table and started flying around. And their topic was um, surveillance using drones. And they kind of, you know, started off by doing that and talking about, you know, how do you like being watched by by this drone? And uh, kind of, yeah, it was really kind of quite funny because everyone was quite shocked by it. Um, but also, you know, it got you thinking as well. So it was uh, that was quite interesting in terms of um, 
thing, other presentations that I've seen, um, there's a, a very good TED talk um, by Ken Robinson, which is called uh, Do Schools Kill Creativity? And uh, I, I like how he starts that presentation because he just kind of makes fun of himself a little bit, you know? Um, <laughs> and uh, that's kind of quite funny, that self-deprecating humor, like, oh, why am I here? Everyone else is so good. And, and now you've got me kind of thing. And uh, that's kind of quite funny, I think, to, to start a presentation like that, to say how great everyone else was. And, you know, I may as well go home because I can't beat that. So it was kind of, I found that really funny. And it's, uh, it's one of my favorite um, presentations for sure. Yeah, that I don't. Is that from 2012? It's it's a pretty. It's a, it's an it's, older a, it's an older TED talk. It's an older one, yeah, but it's uh, something I always come back to. It's the most viewed um, on on the TED website. I think 21 million views, and uh, I just uh, I like the topic as well because you know uh, it's kind of what I'm interested in. But uh, I just enjoy the way he he does it. You know, lots of humor, um, but he gets his point across, and he, he keeps the audience you know engaged with these little anecdotes about the topic. And he um, relates it as well to your, your kind of own experience by, you know, telling, you know, doing rhetorical questions, you know, saying, you know, you know what I mean? You've been there and you know, talking about these sort of um, situations. So you're you're really kind of like hooked on it. Uh, he has no slides or anything. He's just stood there talking. And uh, I don't know, I, I've watched it so many times and, and I'm always so focused on, on listening to it, even though I know what's coming. <laughs> I've seen it so many times, but uh, I find it really captivating how he, you know, how he tells that kind of story and, and gets his point across. It's, um, it's really excellent. I recommend watching it. Yeah, I, I will leave the link to that TED Talk in the show notes for sure. And I agree with you. That's all. I think watching that TED Talk got me hooked mm. on, on TED Talks. That was probably the first one that I ever watched. And I said, well, what is this? This is a very interesting format, right? Mm. The 20-minute format. Yeah, because it's a long time and, to speak for. Yeah. Mm. But uh, yeah, but what I liked about it is that I think the science is that our brain cannot focus after that time period. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times presentations will go 30, 40, 50 minutes, but people don't remember no, it anymore. No, no. Right? You, so it's a really great format where it's like, this is the information and I try to present it in a concise, humorous, mm -hmm. entertaining way. And hopefully at the end of it, you, you'll remember it. Yeah. And definitely with this one. Um, yeah, I, I, I certainly remembered it. I, I use it in my class all the time as, as a good example of how you can have a, you know, a good introduction, how you can use humor, but how you can really get your point across, but keep the audience's attention, you know, and you don't necessarily have to have a PowerPoint. You can do it with just you. It's, I guess, a lot more pressure when you haven't got any slides, but nonetheless, um, you know, it, it's a really great way of, uh, he does a great job of doing it, really. And um, afterwards, it generates an excellent discussion because everyone's been through education, no matter how old or young you are. You know, you're still going through it if you're if you're in the class and I'm teaching you probably um, in university at least. So everyone can say something and share their experiences. And when you have people from different countries as well, it's even better because then you get another perspective on, on how it's done there and. I often, you know, have very long discussions with my with my groups after we've watched this, not only about you know the presentation skills that he has, uh, but also the topic itself. So um yeah, it's something I always go to um when I want to show, you know, a, a good example of a of a talk. And uh like I say, it generates a really nice discussion afterwards as well. I think at the beginning you mentioned about that self-deprecating humor. Mm, yeah. Do you think that it translates 
to perhaps the the German context, right? Because humor, sometimes it translates and a lot of times it doesn't. I think self-deprecating humor is a very British thing. Um, (laughs) I don't know. Not many other countries seem to do it uh, much. And I think in, I don't know, I I don't really think Germans would, would do that sort of thing. They tend not to make fun of themselves as much as we do or you know joke about their deficiencies um so much but i think he does it in a way that it's kind of quite playful so and i think it's just interesting for a lot of people to be exposed to that kind of way of you know of doing something you know and that it works so um yeah maybe sometimes it doesn't come across but i think he does it in quite a good way so uh you know it's Cross-cultural communication, I guess. So you can always discuss that as well afterwards. So intercultural communication. Yeah, no, I think he, he's definitely very effective in it. But I think it's also important to keep that in mind mm. when I want to use humor in a presentation that sometimes it's not going to land. Yeah, of with course. The of course. And I speak about that myself with my students because I also like to you know make a bit of a joke and sometimes it, yeah it just doesn't work um, you say something and you think ah oh, this is quite funny and no one laughs um, and then you have to kind of you know learn how to you know get past that and um, I tell it to my students you know I said sometimes I will say something or make a comment which I think is quite funny and that you guys would find funny and uh, nobody does um, and then you think oh okay well I won't try that again. So um, you kind of learn from your mistakes, really. And uh, I think it's just not worrying too much. You're not trying too hard to, to to be funny, just to be yourself. You know, sometimes I I often don't plan like what I'm going to say in terms of a, a joke or an anecdote. It, it just pretty much comes organically sometimes. So, and that's what I say to my students. You know, don't don't force it. You know, if you're naturally not a funny person don't try and tell jokes you know um if you are then you know give it a go see what happens you know you'll you'll learn from it um either way if it works and if it doesn't work yeah absolutely absolutely so yeah humor can be very very effective and very memorable mm. but it's it's a sword with two sides oh, right it's, yeah. it can be how is the real phrase that's a, a phrase uh, double-edged, a double-edged sword double-edged sword yeah, yeah. <laughs> a cool. sword with two sides yeah. <laughs> <Same> <laughs> oh, i've been in germany too long <laughs> oh, man. so when you notice you're in a presentation either you're giving it or one of your students is giving a presentation and the room is bored Mm. or you can see it's just dry there is no energy in the room are there things that we can do in order to kind of get that energy up or do we just kind of have to wait for the next time and hopefully we do it better i think there's always ways you can try and you know boost people's energy i mean i've in the past i've had lectures um that i've done which were 90 minutes and they start at seven in the evening on a friday um who wants to be there not many people so you tend to get a kind of you know audience of rather uh what would say upset but rather kind of frustrated faces because it's seven o'clock on a friday night i mean it's probably the last place you want to be so um as an example anyway so i i often you know if i can see that i'm i'm losing them or, or they're tired or something like that then I'll kind of just throw it open to them and ask them some questions maybe and, and directly, you know, choose a couple of people and say, oh, yeah, I've just spoke about, you know, topic X, Y, Z, whatever it might be. What do you think? Have you had some experience with that? And, and I try to get the audience involved that way. Or I 
go to go to my humor again and uh, and you know make light of the situation you know and with my students you know sort of tell them oh, yeah, why are you so sleepy did you you know party too much last night or something like what, what's going on and uh try to you know make a little bit of a, a joke about it or you know oh, don't worry guys only you know 20 minutes left you can do this so it kind of depends on the audience really and also how well i know them so i, I tend to go for the first option more often than not um of trying to get them involved um but if i know the class quite well then i i know what they would respond to and so I, you know, would maybe make a little bit of a joke about it or, or do a quiz, maybe something like that. These kind of things, spontaneous things. Um, there's no one, you know, silver bullet, I guess. It's just um, depending on the audience a lot and uh, how many of them, time of day, for example, these sorts of things. I like that, though, getting the audience involved, mm. asking questions, uh, which can also be another double-edged sword mm. if the person wasn't paying attention and doesn't know what you're talking about. And then you, you point them out and say, Hey, what do you think? And they're like, Oh, what? Yeah. But then they've learned, pay attention next time. Cause I might ask you. Exactly. <laughs> you <know? laughs> I like that. So yeah, no, definitely there are things we can do to kind of liven up the mood mm. in the room, right. And getting audience involved is a great tip. And also another thing, I find is not talking too much and mm. not rambling on. I don't know about you, but sometimes I find presentations go on way longer yeah. than they need to go. Yeah, 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 most definitely. It's, uh, How do you get your students to recognize when they're talking too much or they've said more than was necessary? Most of the time they have a time limit anyway. And, and, and most of the time the topic that they um, have is a, is a very big topic. And so I tell them at the beginning, you're not going to be able to cover everything. It's impossible. So you have to choose one or two things and go into detail and then have maybe three or four points about each topic. So two different things, three or four points, explain those and then leave it. You know, if people have questions, we have the Q&A session. They can, they can ask you then. But, um, you know, you always have to leave people wanting a little bit more so that they go and, you know, ask you questions or they look into the topic a little bit more. And um, so I tell them that, you know, right at the very beginning. But I think you can also tell, you know, by the reaction of the audience, if you're, if you're speaking you know, too much, because, you know, they'll, they'll get bored, you know, if it's not concise and to the point, they'll, they'll wander off because it's you know, boring for them to listen to. So you also have to, you know, take into consideration um, your audience um, as well. It's, um, it's definitely one thing I, I like to talk. So uh, sometimes I have to really pull myself, hold myself back a little bit because uh, yeah, I, I could talk all day. Um, so I have to make sure that I'm really focusing and giving them what they need and um, not just, you know, going off, off counter a little bit and, uh, and digressing, which, uh, which does happen occasionally. But usually there's a, a reason behind it or show them how you can digress from the topic um, and maybe why you shouldn't do that. But um, yeah, I would uh, usually you know, try to point out in the beginning that it needs to be concise and then hopefully during the presentation they can recognize the audience's reaction and uh, you know stop and and go to the next bit for example i like that idea of leave them wanting more mm. i just give them here's a taste if you want more then you can ask me questions at the end but if you give someone like a five course meal that they were not expecting yeah. and they're just over it was just oof I'm, that was too much mm. Yeah. And at the end, they just can't wait for you to leave exactly. <laughs> and stop. And I think you, you get, I think you get 
I think it's more valuable when you have questions from your from your audience because they're asking things that probably quite a few of them are thinking that maybe you didn't think of or or maybe they misinterpreted or or whatever it might be or they've got a different take on something. And I think that also adds a huge amount of value, you know, just to hear maybe maybe they disagree with something or maybe they have an example just to kind of, you know, get that audience input. Um, I think that's really great because it also makes it, you know, when you're doing the same lecture like three times a day, um, you know, you yourself want that input um, from your students because it you know, changes it up a little bit, gets you to think about um, different things and then you can develop yourself. So um, I always try to encourage you know, my students to ask questions or to question, you know, what I'm what I'm telling them, what anyone's telling them. You should always ask questions um, <laughs> and, um, you know, kind of have a little discussion about things. What do you think about jargon? Because I find a lot of the time my students, they'll come and say, oh, George, I learned this new word. Mm. And I tell them, forget it. Mm. You're never going to need this word in your life. And they just, they want to use flowery language that doesn't really have any meaning. And the majority of people don't even understand. So I I find like we want to sound intelligent without being intelligent or actually transmitting any information that is valuable or useful for the, the listener. Yeah, for sure. It's, I guess this is a political speak, isn't it? You know, say, say a lot, but don't really say Absolutely. anything yeah. at all. And uh, no, I think with things like that, um, yeah, I've taught at universities where you have um, people studying very specific topics and they've got a lot of specific you know, phraseology. And, and I tell them, this is great if your audience consists of you know, just people like you. But if it doesn't, and I'm one of them, I'm lost, you know, and it's my language. I don't, what, what the heck is this, you know? Um, you have to speak, you know, clear, concisely and use language that everyone can understand. I said, otherwise, again, we're into another reason how you can lose your audience. So, um, you know, it's, it's not, I, I, I don't think it's about sounding intelligent. It's about being understandable and being able to communicate effectively and, and getting people on board, you know. Um, using lots of nice, as you put it, flowery words is fantastic. But people probably won't follow you. They won't understand what's going on. So you might sound clever, but your audience is, you know, they've switched off because they don't understand you know, what, what you're talking about. Right, so, yeah, that's one of the things we do have to be careful with as we start to develop our language skills and we, we start reaching C1, C2 level mm. is that we don't fall into the trap of just saying, oh, because I learned this word, I have to use yes. it. Yeah. Uh, no, if the audience doesn't understand you, mm then you haven't accomplished your goal of communicating ideas. Yeah, exactly. And there's something I, I try to stress is that you, 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 know, you do, if you do the same presentation three times, you might have three different presentations because it depends on your audience. You, know? you, you could be um, speaking to people who are all native speakers, in which case you don't have to worry too much uh, with the language side of things. You may be talking to a room full of people whose you know, English is their second or third language. Um, maybe they don't um, have a, a great grasp of the language either. So therefore, you have to adapt. You, you can't kind of do a one size fits all. You, you always have to have your audience in mind and, and their understanding and their knowledge. And then you go from there. So um, that's, um, yeah, I think that's something that's really important to, to remember. It's you know, your audience matters. You have to tailor it to that audience on that one day um, and not just kind of, you know, do the same thing regardless of, of your audiences. It's a, a surefire way to, uh, you know, to get people to switch off. Absolutely. 
what are the tools that you use or you recommend to students when they prepare their presentations? Um, I, I think you know, PowerPoint is always the, you know, the number one go-to, I think, for most people um, because it's, it's just good. You know, it has lots of features. Um, another tool that I like, it's a bit more fiddly, I think, but um, it's called Prezi. I don't know if you've used Prezi before, but it's, uh, it's more work, I think, than PowerPoint. But it also looks really cool. You know, it kind of zooms in and out, and um, you can have a, a kind of a, a picture as your kind of basis, and then use that. So I had someone who did a presentation about the um, about the British Empire, and they used that kind of map of all the countries that belong to it, and they kind of zoomed from one country to another, you know, talking about different things, and that was always in the background. And, uh, it was quite a, you know, a cool tool to use um, because of these transitions. And it's something different. Not, not many people um, you know, at that time were, were using it. So it was something fresh. You know, it wasn't just a standard uh, PowerPoint that you get. So, um, yeah, I, I think those are quite, uh, quite nice little tools to use. There's quite a few others, I guess, as well. But um, most people tend to go you know, between one of the two, between Prezi or, or PowerPoint. Um, or some people just save it as a PDF and, uh, and have it up on the screen like that. Uh, I've had that a few times. Um, it's not the most exciting, but uh, yeah, I guess the information is there at least. Yeah, no, absolutely. I've seen Prezi and it's very, very impressive. And it's wow, cool, mm-hmm. right? All these Zooms and things like that. Do you find maybe we will get to a point where we use these tools so much that they become as boring as just someone sitting there and uh, standing there and talking that maybe in the future we'll go back to just communicating with words without all these images and and yeah you know, fancy maybe <laughs> and it might go full circle or it might just continue you know going in the same way and uh, you, know, you just end up with memes or something i don't know um, <laughs> it's, uh, it could be i guess it's just going to be a one of those things that develops over time and you know how people communicate you know i mean 10 years ago i i wasn't you know i didn't have any memes at all and now to you know communicate with my audience i you know i have them on my slides because that's what they know and i kind of try to get them involved that way so maybe i'm trying to look too cool i don't know but um you have to adjust it to the audience. That's, uh, you know, that's important. But uh, yeah, where where we're going, uh, yeah, I guess it's hard to say really. But it'd be interesting yeah, nonetheless. I don't know. What would be one final tip for, for people who want to prepare better, more engaging, more memorable presentations? Um, watch watch other presentations. Go on TED Talks. Watch other presentations. Get inspired by them. Um, you know, and then try try different things. You know, don't don't be a f- kind of um, stuck with okay, these are the phrases I must learn them off by heart and regurgitate them like a robot. You know, um, look at different ways of doing things and, and try different things and and don't be afraid to fail. You know, don't be afraid to get it wrong. You can use that as a learning experience. You know, okay, that didn't work, but that worked. Okay. I know next time I can do that, but this I need to think again. So, you know, practice makes perfect. And, uh, you know, I remember the first time I did a presentation at university. I'd never done presentations before, ever, uh, at school. I don't know why, but we never did them. <laughs> and, and there I am in a you know, room for 20 people thinking, what, what, what am I, how am I going to do this? You know, just blind panic. Um, but now I can go into a room with 100 people and just do it without really you know, thinking too much about it, to be honest with you, it doesn't bother me. So, uh, you know, it's practice. The more you do it, the more you, you know, get used to it and the more confident you are, 
And, uh, you know, that's really the, the best thing to do. It's just practice, practice, practice and, and try new things for sure. You got it. Practice makes perfect. Exactly. Where can we find you if we want to connect with you, if we want to learn more about your services? Where can we connect with you? So, um, yeah, I'm on LinkedIn and um, I'm also on Zing as well. So you can you can easily find me on there. Um, I also have a website, but to be honest with you, I really need to update it. It doesn't look so great. So, uh, yeah, um, it's uh, Lee, LeeHawkins.de, but uh, LinkedIn and Zing are probably the, the two places where it's uh, easier to get in contact with me. Perfect. So I'll leave all of that information in the show notes for, for anyone out there who wants to learn with Lee, learn and how they can improve their presentation skills. Great. Fantastic. So thank you for your time. Thank you. And I look forward to having you back on the podcast in the future. Yeah, look forward to it too. communicator will help you in so many areas of life. So strongly consider saying yes whenever you get the opportunity to speak. I want to thank Lee for coming on the podcast and sharing his expertise. I definitely learned some new things. Question for you. What advice would you give to someone preparing for a presentation? If you enjoyed this episode, share my podcast with one of your friends today. That's it for this episode. Also, bis nächstes Mal.